Welcome to Regulars Anonymous. With host, Zachary Landry. Sitting down with the people who are standing in line behind you at the grocery store. And hearing what they have to say. I just took over the store, like I was saying to you the other day, so it's busy. Um, We're starting to, you know, starting to do all these releases too, so between that and, you know, work, it's been... It's a lot of it's a lot of time, right? It's, Jugg- uh, juggling being a parent. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got Theo, who's eight, um, and then I've got you know full time or more than full time really job, <laughs> and then and then trying to you know keep my girlfriend happy as well, not keeping my face in a computer working on music when I'm home all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now, luckily for me, I do have I do have a friend. Um, his name's Ken, uh, but he goes by Jasper Jones. So he's um, he's been kind of my my uh, guiding light as far as as far as like keeping myself organized and getting these releases done properly goes. So he's a lot of help. He's like he's a producer, so he helps me kind of. He he's lately been helping me like make some of the music too, um, which is newer for me because typically I would do kind of the writing uh, on all sides and then you know the performing as well but lately we've he's been kind of just like throwing tracks at me and then all I've got to do is because I I'm a little bit more of a a lyricist these days than I am a guitar player Mm -hmm. um so I was I was messaging him one day and I was like hey man I've got like I don't know like 600 notes in my phone like full of lyrics (laughs) (laughs) and I can't write guitar parts that quickly (laughs) I I have 600 wordles ready to go yeah (laughs) yeah so um he was just like, okay. And I think the first day he threw me like five instrumentals and I was just like, whoa. And then within a week he had like a folder of like, I don't know, like something like 40. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's, that's good. That's good for now. <laughs> it's also still going to take me time to like put these things together. But, uh, but yeah, so there's lots, there's lots ready to go for sure. But Cool. And you like doing the single releases as opposed to throwing an album together. Yeah, yeah, at least for the first while. So um, back when I was living in uh, England still, and I was just starting to do this kind of solo, um, I attended a music industry conference, and it was like three days of like panel discussions with like Spotify execs and like people from uh, DistroKid and, you know, CD Baby and all those like aggregators and you know, people like, like also like people who run festivals and all this stuff. So it was really interesting, and I got to learn a lot. And yeah, one of the kind of big things that they talked about was the advantage of of pushing singles instead of releases, just because, or instead of albums rather, um, just because you can get like a month or two out of a release. You can get like a month leading up if you if you stretch it, and then like a month after. So if you drop a whole album, you've got 12 songs and you got two months. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you release a song a month, you get a year out of an album, um, out of you know campaigning and all that stuff. So on the promotion side of things, exactly, yeah, social media campaigns you can run for you know a lot longer. And then if you want to, at the end, you can drop it all kind of as one yeah. solid piece. But but yeah, I also find that a lot of my stuff is is like. People say that I have a you know a familiar sound no matter what, but nothing that's like themed enough to really go into an album. Um, not at this point, anyway. So, so yeah, I just one song at a time, and uh, yeah, we just kind of roll it like that. Cool. And what's your songwriting process typically like these days? Where, where like your, your lyrics and stuff? Where where do you find your attention is being? Um, it, it's pretty much like, it, I mean, I'm always singing and humming and whistling and making stuff in my head. So it kind of just happens like throughout the day, like whenever I used to work, whenever I was like in my teens still working at like Boom Burger, like the burger joint, I would be like on the grill and I would come up with something and I would just kind of like drop the spatula, go grab a comment card and like write it down <laughs> with my Sharpie and then put it in my back pocket. 
And then I'd get home, and I still actually have like a shoebox at home with like Those probably like two hundred comment cards, just with like, you know, the, it might just be like a line. Sometimes I'd have like a whole like a verse or something or like a chorus, and so every now and again I do pull it out and see if there's anything I can use in there. But uh, yeah, so it just kind of comes to me throughout the day. I've had a couple songs that like I've actually sat down to write. Um, I had one um, which was kind of serendipitous it was like a song um came out um while i was still in the uk and uh it was about mental health and um it's called speak up and that song i i just started typing and i didn't stop until the song was done and it just kind of like flowed out and that was that's like the only time that's ever happened um which i thought was kind of you know speaks to you in a weird way sort of thing yeah, yeah. Um, when it clicks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like these days it's just kind of, yeah, I just whip my phone. Now I use my phone. I don't, I don't use comic cards anymore. <laughs> so yeah, just throughout the day kind of thing. Um, but I've, I've kind of put, put writing on the back burner. Cause as I say, I've got, I've got so much now. So I'm, I'm really more trying to focus on getting what I do have to, kind of fit into guitar parts I've also written or like I say stuff that Ken's kind of provided me with and trying to see what you know what set of lyrics fits best with the vibe he's kind of sent mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's kind of how the writing process goes but yeah I'm trying to kind of really focus on on getting the stuff out that I do have because a lot of the songs I'm releasing right now um, were recorded uh, from like 2018 to like you know maybe 2020 May, not even like 2018 2019 a lot of the stuff so just sitting on things eh yeah so I I um whenever I came back from England and I kind of had these these set of songs um, I asked a couple friends, like, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm back on PEI. I don't know how long for. Turned out till now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't left. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> typically how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They get you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was like, hey, I'm, I'm back on PEI. Would you be willing to learn these songs that I have um, and play a show with me? And so I had two good friends, uh, Curtis and Ian, um, Curtis was a guitar player, um, and Ian was a bass player, actually. Um, but we needed a drummer, so Ian actually just kind of, like, learned the drums. Um, <laughs> and he's a really talented musician, so he did a really great job of that. Um, but, yeah, so we became, like, for that, we, what we thought was going to be that one show, we became Joshua Aaron, uh, which was my uh, the name I was going under in England, uh, and the Noisy Crows, um, because Ian had a recording studio downtown, and was constantly hearing like these <laughs> damn crows in the in the background of his recording, so he wanted to call it Noisy Crow Studio, um, and so we just used that name. And then uh, we ended up doing a couple recordings with Ian because he was a sound engineer, and um, and then we submitted it to this contest um, to to basically. Well, the first one was to get on a festival or. Um, rather like kind of a bigger show with uh it was like the craft hockey um ring thing yeah Yeah. so it was like related to that it was like it was between rogers no it wasn't craft it was rogers that's my bad anyway we ended up getting on it and that was kind of like the biggest show like one of the biggest shows uh any of us had played oh wow and we'd only been a band for like three weeks (laughs) (laughs) and uh they like gave us a contract to sign and everything and we were like huh and that same day we ended up playing that um, that show, we had this audition uh, at Holland College to get on this TV show with Bell TV. And we were like, okay, like we can't believe we even got the audition. We only had the one song recorded. We submitted it. And, <laughs> and we, <laughs> we submitted it, and they liked it enough to bring us in. And so the same day we played like the biggest show most of us had played, um, we also got in front of like, a camera team with like makeup people like dabbing our faces <laughs> and we were like three weeks in we're like oh my god like this is this, this is just this easy eh? <laughs> yeah 
yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> we, we were like, oh, maybe we, maybe we kind of got something here. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we played like, I think three songs for the cameras. And then they had me do like this interview with the, the guy who was the host of the show. And then they interviewed, they, you know, they auditioned like, I don't know, I think six groups or, you know, they did a couple solo musicians uh, in PEI and then they were touring Canada. So they were doing that in every province. And so we didn't hear anything back and nor did we really expect to. Um, and then they were doing this like live announcement, like, I don't know, maybe two, three months later. So, you know, we'd been a band for, you know, more three, than three weeks now. Yeah, more than three <laughs> weeks now. Two and a half months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might have played like a few more shows. <laughs> and uh, they did this live announcement and um, and we ended up getting selected. And we were like, holy crap. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I had actually booked tickets to go see my family in, in England um, during when I knew the show was going to be happening. That's how like... Sure, I was. I wasn't going to yeah. be chosen. <laughs> and so I actually had to, like, cancel the, the flights. And, uh, yeah, they flew us down. They flew us down to the Caribbean, um, which was, yeah, probably, like, it, the number one experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so the way the show worked was they they flew us down to the Caribbean. They took um, – how many artists was it? I want to say – eight to ten either solo artists or bands. We were, like, the only rock band. Um, a lot of it was, like, trad um, trad music. There was a lot of people from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple other, like, solo artists. Um, and they chose, like, however many they chose, and then they did the same. They partnered up with, um, I think it was called Flow, was the bell equivalent in the Caribbean. Uh, and they partnered up with them, and so they kind of did the same thing down there, and the, all these auditions. And then they chose eight to ten artists from the Caribbean. So they flew uh, all the Canadian artists down to Trinidad. Uh, they paired us up into groups. So in my group, there was like us three, and then there was um, a female singer from Grenada, um, a fella from Jamaica. He was a solo artist as well. Uh, and then a rapper f- uh, named Ko, who actually ended up becoming a good friend. Um, he was originally from St. Lucia, but also lived in Halifax. Oh, dope. Um, so, yeah, we were able to kind of collab later down the road, which was kind of neat. Um, but, yeah, so that was our crew, and we were, like, the biggest ones. And so they took a rock band and gave us, like, this, like, soul singer, uh, this, like, reggae singer, and then a rapper. And uh, so they had us, the first stage was for us to cover each other's songs in each other's styles. So they did, well, we did uh, Speak Up, which was the song I wrote about mental health um, in like this reggae format. And then we did like a rock version of one of Indy's songs, Catch a Fire, in like a rock format. Um, And so, yeah, it was just like, and then we got to hang out in Trinidad for, because we only filmed for like, one full day mm-hmm. but at, there was like 10 days of that so the other 10 days we just got to like hang out and the way they did it is they rented out basically this whole hotel uh there was like 60 artists in total if you counted all the members of all the bands and there was no one else in the hotel so like everyone's doors were just open mm-hmm. and you would just like you could just walk down the hallway with like beer in hand and you'd pop into one room and it would be like two other artists just like jamming hanging out some people brought recording gear and it was just like this hotel of like musical collaboration for like 10 days perfect creative spot yeah like those i know beyond the show there was so many songs recorded and like collaborations that were made um so yeah then we we went back home and then i think two weeks later um they flew us, the Canadian artists, to Newfoundland, those of us who weren't from there, because there was a couple of them. Um, and then they brought everyone from the Caribbean up um, oh. to, to Newfoundland. And so that was like the second half of the show was, yeah, it was... It <laughs> was quite the production. It was, it was, yeah, it was, you know, the government of Canada like gave them a bunch of grants to kind of fund it and everything. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so then the second half of the show was instead of covering each other's songs, we actually had to write something together. And so that was the second half of the show. But 
I think what the best part about that was was because uh, <laughs> it was still snowing in Newfoundland because I think it was around like April maybe, and uh, yeah. So watching everyone, they were like, "Hey, if anyone has like extra winter coats, like extra scarves, gloves, like these guys don't have any of this stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Why and, would they? Yeah, exactly. And they'd like never seen snow before, and like just watching. Like I remember we had a group chat and watching them just be like look outside like look <laughs> so we all went outside one night and had like a snowball fight and we were like we were out there and like because it, it wasn't that cold but they, <laughs> right but i mean we say that i suppose yeah, yeah, I <laughs> and they're out like with like gloves and scarves and like and we're out there in like t-shirts like with bare hands picking up snowballs and they're like oh you guys are crazy man <laughs> <laughs> so that was like even better than the musical experience i think <laughs> Just showing them how rugged you are. Yeah. Just by default. Yeah. Just, yeah <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Part of us might have been showing off, I guess, a little bit. time, man. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was how, like, the Noisy Crows kind of, we were like, I guess, like, we got to stick with this. Like, Ian, keep learning the drums, please. <laughs> Everyone's like, cause some of the drummers like from the Caribbean, because that's really like their thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, rhythm yeah. and stuff. And they were like, Huge hey, group. man, they're like, you're really good. And he's like, I'm a bass player. <laughs> they're like, how long have you been playing the drums? He's like, I don't know, like six months. <laughs> some guys are like that, though, man. Yeah, he was just, I mean, yeah. he was just talented. I mean, there's a lot of rhythm and bass, too, right? So yeah. he, he he had it in him, but but he was, he was pretty... Uh, he was pretty happy with some of the compliments he got. It meant a lot coming from some of these, like, you know, really legendary, like, <laughs> these artists in the Caribbean that were just, like, insane. Yeah. So, yeah, so then we, we had to we had to keep it. We had to stay as the Noisy Crows. And because uh, now we were all of a sudden on TV with that name, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the name we came up for for one show. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... That was the Noisy Crows, and so yeah, we recorded. We recorded, you know, I don't know. We went to see Colin Buchanan, who's uh, you know, a, you know, really, really great producer here on PEI. Um, he recorded, I think, three songs with us, um, and then eventually Ian um, ended up leaving the band. He had a couple kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought in another fella, Josh uh, McNeil. So then he joined, and the the sound kind of changed a little bit. Um, As both, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Ian and Kurt were both, like, pretty – they were into, like, some pretty heavy stuff. Um, yeah. Their bands prior were all, like, metal and, um, you know, stuff along that vein. And I wrote all these songs on acoustic, and so they, they kind of morphed from what I originally had been playing in England to, you know, what they became as the Noisy Crows. And – when Ian left, Josh was not along that vein, so things kind of settled a little bit. We were still kind of, you know, rock and fairly, like, like some of them were, like, power ballads. Is, is like, <laughs> how we, how a couple of the people in, in uh, you know, when we were doing the show, we were like, what would you call this? Like, and, and yeah, I think that was one of the words that was used. Or, like, uh, what was the other one that we got, like... Um, super fueled singer songwriter or something like that. Um, so yeah, like Ian, Ian left. Josh came in. The song settled down, um, and then we ended up like COVID hit, um, and then uh, Josh and Kurt both ended up having kids as well, and uh, things just kind of like kind of fizzled out. And uh, we still had these like six songs that we had recorded with Colin that we'd never so we recorded three more under with josh and then i still had these six songs so that's like some of these songs that it's that are coming out over the last couple months like are those songs oh cool and so that was like you know years ago at this point like five years ago so yeah that's why i'm not really focusing on the writing sorry to loop that back around (laughs) that's why i'm focusing on trying to get these songs out is because there's just this bank of of stuff that i'd just been sitting on and waiting on and um i did reach out like back when we were still playing to a few labels um and they were like you know i don't think um it's the right stuff for us um but i heard from a few of them they were like don't release this on your own 
try to like, get it through a label. Try and like it's good enough. The the recording quality is great. The songs are great. Don't put it out by yourself. And so I kind of latched onto that and was like, okay, like I'll I'll wait. And music was kind of weird during the whole COVID phase. Yeah. And so I just I waited and waited and waited and and then you know about a year ago I was like I'm sick of waiting yeah. like I didn't I didn't keep trying to find a label really I just kind of was waiting for no reason and I was like this is stupid like <laughs> these these songs are way too good to just be sitting in my computer so now they're now they're going out into the world finally nice bringing them to the light yeah yeah for sure so this this uh Friday uh probably my favorite of them all safe bet comes out um, that was one we did with Josh, so it was the the latter part of those recordings with Colin. Um, so I'm pretty excited for that one. It's it's probably the one that I'm I'm the most happy with. Yeah, yeah. What about it makes you so satisfied? Um, it's it's probably it's one of the cooler uh, main guitar riffs that I've written, um, at least that's been released yet. Um, I really like the whole kind of sound behind it. Colin did a really good job of of kind of capturing exactly what I'd envisioned for the song. Um, the Which second, is always nice. Yeah, That's... yeah. Colin's Colin's awesome at that. Like he, there was a lot of a lot of times where uh, he was just like, "Oh, like th- is this what you're thinking?" And Colin was great. Also, like he was a he's a producer too, so he also had a lot of great ideas. Like you know, stuff that I would never have thought of. And and that's why it's nice to work with a producer instead of coming in and just recording your own stuff because he he would be like, what about like something like this? And he'd grab a guitar and plug it in and he'd chuck something in and I'd be like, that sounds awesome. Let's leave it. They like, can see those other angles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes, takes like, it's almost like, you know, it takes another set of eyes, takes another set of ears, right? So there was that side of things. Um, and the other side of things that I really like about that song is uh like the lyrics are really uh i really like the way that they got written i wrote them when i was um working at the casino which is why it's called safe bet and so i wrote i don't know what i would have written them on at the casino probably some piece of coaster or something yeah (laughs) something some piece of paper that was kicking around i had a lot of free time when i worked there um so it was a song about it's a song about uh wanting like or at least offering myself back to uh, a past relationship, and so the the concept behind the song is like, hey, if you ever want to get back together, like I'd be a a safe bet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I I'd be I'd be good. Like, <laughs> so instead of just texting her, you wrote a song about it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it wasn't really for her. It was just kind of my mindset at the time. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I do have a, a knack for doing that. <laughs> Communication's not phenomenal, but there might be like ten songs in my phone about you. <laughs> like, like if only if only she knew. <laughs> um, so yeah, the whole song is just kind of littered with with casino verbiage. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and I I showed it to a friend of mine who also worked at the casino and and she's one of the only people who really understands like you know most unless you've worked at a casino you may not catch it all mm-hmm. some of it's obvious like you know some of it's obvious um as in safe bet and um you know there's other examples but holding sh- your hand or something yeah like no, no i wasn't i wasn't that <laughs> obvious with it <laughs> i wasn't that obvious all in it. bitch yeah. <laughs> all in <laughs> No, no, not quite. Um, like there was, there's a line about self exclusion. So that's like the program at the casino where, um, if you feel like you have a gambling problem, you can self exclude, mm-hmm. and so you go to the office and you basically say like, I don't want to be allowed in here for the next six months. Okay. Um, and so there's a line in the song that says like, I need a little self exclusion because I'm addicted to losing, and so it's like. I need to stay away from girls because I'm just, I have a problem with like these relationships that don't end well. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's small things like that throughout the song. And, and I, I just was kind of proud of the way I, I tied the casino verbiage into, you know, what I was trying to say. So yeah, that's, that's a song I'm pretty happy with uh, in general. I'm super excited for that one to come out. So Friday at midnight. <laughs> But uh yeah, going back to that uh 
that piece about the the writing songs for girls that's that's kind of my bread and butter <laughs> yeah. my dad my dad is always like yeah it's it sounds great he's like can you not write a happy song <laughs> all their sad songs for girls yeah a lot of them i wrote uh i did write one song uh that was like a love song you know that wasn't about a breakup one time and uh i i wrote it i wrote it for an ex and i uh I recorded it without her knowing, and then on, um, and I I gave it to her for Christmas, and she was, and then it ended up getting like some blog. Uh, when I released it, it ended up getting like some blog attention, um, and so like five or six blogs wrote about this song, and they all kind of got the same spiel from me, which was kind of like, you know, I love this girl, and this is this is why this, and it was called Angel, <laughs> and she was just mortified. Uh, <laughs> like, she hated the attention and like she was like why why'd you have to do this i was like merry christmas (laughs) (laughs) but oh well (laughs) so i take it you're not together anymore no no (laughs) but she got over it eventually and she likes the song now apparently Who plays it every morning on the way to work? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have heard I have because we have mutual friends and like she has been like, yeah, no, like if they ever if like I ever come up because we're all you know we all still get along and stuff and I guess she has like put the song on for people and I'm like really now you like it? <laughs> it's always after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> Look what this guy got me for Christmas one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the other funny part to that story was like I I was kind of like. I was building it up like for like a month or so. I was like, "Oh, you just wait till you see what I got you." And like and and like I kept trying to trick her into thinking it was coming in a trailer. And so like Christmas, yeah, I know. It was uh it, she was like, "Oh, horse." Yeah, it's exactly what I was kind of leading to. And every now and again she'd be like, "What is it?" And I'd be like, and so Christmas Christmas Eve comes around when we're gonna exchange gifts and I'm like I'm like looking out the window, like like I'm waiting for the truck <laughs> oh to pull up and gosh. she's like, What the fuck? And uh anyway, I end up like I end up going like so our our kind of stereo system was basically on the floor, like in this cabinet. And so like I got down like on my knee to like plug the phone in and she thought I was proposing <laughs> And she was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, you haven't even heard it yet. <laughs> and she, Did you hear it and then do the horse shutter herself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And I was like, I guess I won't uh, propose anytime soon, eh? Jesus. <laughs> Write a better song, maybe. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Uh, yeah. Safe bet's not written about her, is it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> There's probably a few of them, but no, <laughs> no. Safe bets. Safe bets about the the mother of my kid, which is why I was kind of like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. That's that, but. I also had these giant, uh, these collages um, that the first one actually is is like lame as it may sound. My mom had made for me whenever like I first kind of started having some some mild success, like in an older band. So my first band uh, was called Pipe Dreams when I was like, I don't know, 15 or 16. Um, and we we did, you know, fairly well. Um you know, for a, a PEI, you know, uh, we weren't quite a rock band. We were a little bit heavier than that. We were, I guess we were kind of like pop punk sort of deal. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting on Warp Tour and doing a few tours around like the East Coast. And so mom made me this like collage of like, you know, the, the Warp Tour tickets and the tour posters and all this stuff. And it was this really cute, really cute present. And I loved it. And yeah, she hated it. It was like you're not putting that up on the wall. <laughs> She's like, you're not 16 anymore. <laughs> it's like, all right, you're not the one. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've got two of them, and uh, 
my girlfriend now loves them. So nice. She's she is the one. <laughs> <laughs> Until you need to write a new song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it does suck because now she's got to listen to all these songs about other chicks. Other chicks when like, when she comes to shows, but she's cool about it. <laughs> part of dating an artist i I guess guess. (laughs) yeah it's been uh it's been a wild ride for sure but i'm sure it's i'm sure it's far from over yeah absolutely what's it like when you play shows nowadays you do you rent out a band or you got guys that you go to no actually so ever since kind of the noisy crows um kind of packed up and you know we did we did one last show and we put out kind of the last song that, that we had recorded. Um, ever since then, I've just been playing solo. So I did, I did kind of like the, the Murphy group of restaurant scene. So like going and playing at, you know, Gahan house and all these restaurants and patios that they kind of run. So I did that for a summer. Um, I hosted open mic, um, for a while. Um, so it was just a lot of me playing by myself, which was, fine with me because that's how it all started anyway like when i was when i was living in england it was just all me touring open mics and doing solo shows um and then i kind of stopped playing entirely for a little while um especially after covid it was hard to to even get so like get somewhere to play you get the momentum right yeah exactly and i kind of i kind of fell off for a little bit like being honest i i kind of stopped writing i didn't pick my guitar up very often and um and you know life wasn't feeling like super great at the time and i thought maybe like i had to focus on other things like i had to focus on you know myself and not music and and then it turned out that it was quite the opposite like that was almost why i wasn't feeling the greatest and so yeah, it, it it turns out it's it's the opposite. So like this this tattoo on my arm on the cassette tape there, it says pause if you must but never stop and that's why it's like uh you know, it's it's partially an ode to like, you know, kind of people who deal with depression and and stuff like that, but also like it is also kind of meaning behind like music and it's like if you have to put it on pause and then, then fine, but don't stop doing what what you love cuz I found, at least for me myself, like when I started releasing these songs again and started doing, you know, putting my music out and working with Ken and getting the stuff out there, then life got a whole lot better. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of remembered that that was what I really love doing and it's what makes me feel good. So that's the biggest reason behind getting these songs out. And we even started when Ken actually came, um, when we started working together, um, he was looking to leave Newfoundland for a little bit. That's where he is from. And uh, he was like, you know, why don't I come, like, come over for a few months and we'll just, like, hammer it out. And so at the time, I had some studio equipment and he had some studio equipment. So, and I was living by myself. So we just wiped my my kitchen table, which was, like, the center of my apartment. And we put our computers, like, back to back. Um and I'd be recording or editing on one, and he'd be rec- recording or producing on the other, and uh, and we banged out like I don't know some stupid amount of songs, and uh, that was like one of the greatest like three months uh, I've had living in that apartment, just because we got I'd come home like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have to work in an hour and a half, and he'd be like, "Do you want to rip a couple vocal takes first? And so like <laughs> so like I'd wake up like do a few vocal takes on something that he'd worked on, you know, through the night or something, and then. I'd go to work and I'd come home and as soon as I got home we were right back to the computer Just and no wasted time. None. No, it was it was 100% music all the time and then we got into like we did a lot of like covers just because I couldn't keep up with the amount he was writing cuz he'd be writing all day while I was at work cuz he works from home. He's that's what he does. And uh so he'd be writing all day and I just I couldn't keep up with them and so we ended up doing like he I would he would kind of get on to like rewriting these covers. So he would totally reproduce the song. Um, like we did a lot of like pop songs just for fun. Cause it's something I'd never really gotten into. Yeah. It was a good exercise too. Yeah. So we, like he was, he was redoing like Justin Bieber songs and we redid um, like a Tate McRae song. Um, 
a few others. And so that's where these covers that are coming out have come from too. It's just me and Ken just goofing around and we, we ended up doing some, some fun video stuff too. So, um, you know, we, we, I had these like colorful light, like all my light bulbs in my apartment change colors. And so we would just like do these home videos, like, and we would, we would just shoot them with our phones and, like there's one we did for heat waves where we took like everyone was like, did you guys rent smoke machines? Because there's a bunch of like smoke and like steam. It's actually steam, but it looks like smoke in the video. Um, and what we did was we heated up like two uh, pans on my stove, and then we laid a towel at my feet. And then when I was ready to like shoot the the take, he would put the pans at my feet and pour a jug of water into them. <laughs> And so I'd be standing over these pans, like singing into a microphone, and like what it looks like smoke just like rushes up over my face. And anyway, it looks really, really cool. But like the DIY behind it is just so funny. That's sick. So yeah, that's where these covers are coming from. So right now, my kind of release, our release schedule is kind of like an original every thirty days, and then every two weeks we kind of fill the space with a cover. So you're constantly putting stuff out. Yeah, yeah, roughly every you know between 30 it's 30 days and then two weeks and then 30 days and two weeks and that does seem to be the game these days where you need to be kind of filling that mind space or, or just be taking up uh memory in someone's head yeah and, you're fighting against so many content creators right so you really gotta like just create 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 and so Ken was doing a lot of that, and he's using a lot of it now. Like whenever we were just goofing around the house, like he's got he's got hundreds of videos of just like you know either me asleep on the couch and him like putting a blanket over me and that like or like and then going back to his computer work or just like you know whatever it was. Um, we did one we did one video where like I had a lamp a lamp in the in the shower because I was trying to uh, I don't know I was trying to light up the bathroom for some reason and so I was using this this lamp with the multicolored bulb. And I was putting it in the bathtub, and he has one video of him like walking into my bathroom, and he's like, he's like, oh, Josh must be having a girl, girl over the old lamp in the shower trick, <laughs> like, like, just, and it's just stupid stuff like that that you can you can just put out, and it's it's just content, right? And yeah. Like you say, you just need to fill up space in someone's brain every day when they're scrolling. Like you almost got to put something out every day. It's the reminder, right? I'm still here. I exist. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you're you're trying to probably do something similar as far as like trying I'm, to come up with stuff like at least bits to like release to be like, hey, honestly, I'm bad for the social media yeah. aspect of things because I just, like just was against it for so long. Yeah, and at, at least like with this show, I've been trying to get like a weekly release out just for consistency's sake yep. uh, and to create my own uh, rhythm with it. Yeah, but then. Ideally, once I get so much episodes, it's learning little things each time, like, mm -hmm. you know, where to get your, to take a piece of an episode as a little sample, and then you can post that out to try yeah. and draw people in and learning that sort of stuff now and honestly half-ass embracing it, but I don't want to yeah. spend all my time on my phone either Yeah, doing that shit, so I'm yeah. trying to trying to strike a balance, at least something to, to find something that works. Yes. Have you thought about moving into like videoing these episodes as well? I have thought about it, but I like this format. Yeah. I, I like the conversation and I think that's if that might be my rebellious standpoint. Yeah. Where it seems that everyone is going towards the video because you need that visualization of what's going on where I'd much rather focus on the actual conversation and what someone has to hear it even if that's just like an underlying tone of the idea of the of the show yeah yeah you know it's it's about the conversation and also i offer the option anyone who wants to do the show can do it anonymously as well so that's right yeah, yeah. there's only been one person who took who's done that so far okay i like having that option available yeah i know that makes sense you don't want to have to like blur out their face or anything no, like that no <laughs> yeah that makes sense i also don't think uh, it's it's a listening podcast i don't yeah. think it needs to be a watching one yeah fair enough but fair enough 
Well, I would definitely not like to be anonymous. So mm. if, if anyone listening <laughs> would like to, I'll, I'll do a shameless plug here. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, if anyone listening would like to check out any of the stuff, um, it's Joshua Aaron on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, that's A-R-R-A-N, which is a little atypical, I know. Um, and then Joshua Aaron music for like YouTube and that other stuff. So. <laughs> How, how do you find the music scene around here these days? Um, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, it was, and I mean, I'm sure you remember, um, it was like primarily like metal mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and it, it, it still has, it does still have that. Um, it's not as mainstream as it once was. And I say mainstream as far as like Charlottetown mainstream <laughs> goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but over the last while... Um, it's definitely moved more into like, um, I don't know how to, how to pick a genre to, to use it best. Like I know, I I think Paper Lions really kind of, um, were the ones who pioneered that sort of like this, like rock pop, like East coast sound, um, set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's, there's a lot of artists like, you know, like Dylan Menzi, um, you know, Rachel Beck and kind of, all, I mean, there's, there's loads of them of, of like these really, really talented artists that are Is coyote still going coyote, Combaretta, you know, there's the, the list goes on and on as they say. Um, there's, yeah, coyote still doing their thing. Um, there's loads and loads of, of really great bands, um, that are kind of coming out now that, you know, I, at least I don't remember being around before. Maybe that was because I was going to the metal shows. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I have a more kind of blinders on, uh, or I had more blinders on. The fact that I was also like 13, 14 was also part of it because I couldn't get into a lot of the bar shows. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the, mo- most of the all-ages shows are still primarily metal. Yeah. Um, but the bar shows are, are kind of, it's really opened up. Like there's a lot of rap shows that happen here now. Um, and there's even like, it's not even like one group of people who play rap. It's, there's like, there's a couple different, like, I don't know, like, uh, like crews, I guess you would say that like, that all play together and there's a few of them. So there's, there's a number of rap shows that happen. Um, of course, like if you go outside of Charlottetown, there's still all sorts of like trad music happening. Um, you know, but there's a lot more like pop happening i would say now than ever before i think that has to do with how accessible recording and that sort of production has become available where it's super anyone can do it at home now yeah 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 definitely i definitely think that's that's a massive factor that a lot of people can do it from home or there's just a lot more people offering to help out i mean like we were saying this studio for example like at the live, like you know, it's it's awesome that you can just you can just come and go and get stuff done. But um, yeah, and I think Music PEI has also kind of has also kind of changed their outlook on kind of what what the people want. Mm-hmm. Um, before they were mostly supportive of like because they were so tied into um, into the tourism industry, it, they were very heavily centered into like the the trad stuff um yeah and like kind of the softer like east coast singer songwriters more folky yeah yeah a lot more folky and what now, people will associate yeah and and now they're they're really standing behind kind of a lot more people um they're seeing that you know the artist the artists on pei are kind of exploding a little bit and so for example like they used to give out uh, like three, I think it was three grants a year at like three different levels, and now they have like these micro, what they call micro grants for people who are just getting started. And so I think they give out ten of those micro grants a year now, and so it's like I think it's like a thousand dollars, but it's enough to get someone who has these songs that they've written at home recorded, like it, even if it's just that one song, right? It's enough to kind of get started. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of aspects to that but uh yeah i haven't been i haven't been doing a whole lot of shows i try to get out a lot more these days um i had a friend who always said like if you want to be part of the music scene 
be part of it. Don't be playing shows and then never go out and see anyone else. Yeah. Um, so even though I'm not really playing shows at the moment, I, I do try and get out and see as many people as I can. Um, especially kind of the newer, younger artists. Um, cause I think that's, I think that's important. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of respect in that. It's the show karma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you gotta, you gotta be part of it. You want to go out and see you know, what everyone else is doing. You got to be kind of surrounded by music. You make connections, you make friends and find new inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So what was it like being on Warp Tour at a young age like that? That was wild. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that was, that was a crazy one. Um, It was something that like, I don't know, since I was like, I don't know, probably around like 11, like watching, like I was into like, you know some some heavier bands but like obviously like the obvious like blank and like you know some 41 and like that kind of stuff and then like i later on i got more into like the the more like poppy pop punk so like paramore and all-time low and so i grew up like watching these bands play warp tour on youtube and then um and it was a similar deal to when we it was almost like a con- it was a contest that we we entered and so when i was in pipe dreams we oh, st- same deal we only have one song recorded <laughs> and uh <laughs> so we only had this one song and we submitted it and um it was like it was it was it was like a popularity contest so it was one of those things where you had to annoy oh, the get hell. the votes yeah you yeah. had to annoy everyone you knew and send them a link cuz you could vote every day so yeah, then you had to do all these reminders um, I think being in school, I had a, or we, because there was two of us that were still in high school, uh, we had a little bit of an advantage because you had access to computer labs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we did is we put our link, uh, on the front, like whiteboard in every computer lab <laughs> and we just like every, like we would like pop into classes and just be like, Hey guys, like just don't forget and like and i think at that age too like it's a little bit more exciting for like kids that like went go to school with you like they're like oh they're in this band and they're in this con-, you know what i mean yeah, yeah so i think we had like you know that was a, a unique advantage i think we had um that maybe people who were a little bit older didn't so yeah we we were watching these stats and it was again like we didn't expect we didn't expect to win um and so we were watching it, but they, they gave you like this percentage and we were, I remember we were sitting at like 92%, like the entire contest. And we were like, Hey, like that's a pretty good number. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't score that highly on tests. So <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the best I've ever done. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and then the contest ended and then it was another like waiting game where you just didn't hear anything for months. And, uh, and then I think. We, you know, we got to the point where Warped Tour was like a month away, and we were like, okay, like, I guess, guess it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And someone had ninety three. Yeah, right. And uh, I think, I think it was like two weeks before, I got a call. Still working at Boomburger. I got a call, and I like, I went out. I took the call, and I like, I started like almost crying. I was like tearing up, and. Uh, I remember one of my one of my coworkers was like, "We thought your girlfriend like got into a car accident or something," <laughs> like because I was just like, I was like, "What? Like no what? Like no." <laughs> and uh, yeah, they thought something real bad had happened, and I was and uh, my manager at the time was also super into like that style of music, and I was like, "No, they just called us up for Warp Tour," and uh, yeah, it was one of those like holy shit moments, and. Uh, so yeah, we went and I had to I had to book I was I I went to my manager and I was like I need these 4 days off and I don't care if it like I if I lose my job. Yeah, 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 yeah I won't like, be here these 4 days. Yeah, I'm I'm going. So we uh we rented a car. We brought two friends with us. Um merch slaves. Uh no, I don't <laughs> at the time we didn't even have merch, I don't think. Um we were still again we were we were early days at that point, yeah. um, but it's a nice, nice thing to have under your belt that early because it's useful for promotion for sure. But uh, we got we had someone drive um, because two of us didn't have our licenses, or at least at least we couldn't rent a car. 
Oh yeah, you probably would have had to been twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I don't even think we had our licenses and maybe our owls or something. Yeah, that's and also difficult to rent a car. <laughs> yeah, and then the other two guys who were of age to rent, they didn't have licenses. They didn't drive, and so we got one friend to drive, and then another friend who uh, we were living with, one of our best friends. She was just like, "I'm coming." All her favorite bands were playing. And oh yeah, why not? Yeah, she was like, "I'm, I'm coming." <laughs> And uh, so we went, and then another crew of our friends, actually, like my girlfriend and two other of our friends, also like came up in a car behind us, and yeah, we made the trip up. We got there and got our bracelets, and we're pulling into like the the artist, and so we 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 rented like this. I don't know. It was like I don't know. It was just like an SUV, basically. And so they're they're directing us to like the artist parking, and we go in, and it's just like. 30 to 50 like tour like tour buses just like massive like you know they had the band name on the side and like they're towering above our little suv (laughs) we were like oh this is insane (laughs) and uh yeah so then you know we found our our stage um what was cool is it was you know it was it was the smaller stage obviously yeah. uh, I think there was like five stages we were the the smaller one off to the side but what was neat is because at any given time at Warp Tour there's like four bands playing at once uh, we were the very first band at the very beginning of the the festival to start so, oh so nothing else was going on yeah so for fifteen minutes we were the only band playing. Nice. So we actually got like a fairly decent crowd because nothing else was going on. So it was that was cool. Um, and then you know everyone went to whoever they wanted to go see. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we only played like probably a twenty minute set anyway. We probably only had like four or five songs at the time that we like something like that. And so yeah, we played like our twenty or maybe twenty five minutes, and uh, and then we got off, and then they were just like. Because they're like they had like some deal with Monster too, so they're like, by the way, like unlimited. The like they like lifted like this thing, and there was just like two hundred cans of Monster, and they were like, anyone at this stage can just help yourselves. So I don't know, just a gold mine for a high school student. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then you know we got to go see all our favorite bands, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite the experience for sure. I remember like feeling pretty nauseous before playing that show for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was uh and that was the experience of a lifetime and you know if it's over now. Like there's no more warp tour. Yeah. So it's cool to be part of something that like, you know, most people who play warp tour are usually between like 20 and 30 and if if I'd have waited that long, it would never have happened. Mm. So it's kind of cool to be part of something that, you know, will never happen again part of a it was an era right and that was kind of the end of it i just snuck in <laughs> but yeah it was a it was a great time for sure got to go with some of my best friends see my favorite bands and play alongside them we got to meet like a bunch of them that was cool too you know we got some autographs and some were really cool some weren't so cool <laughs> you know some of them was like you know don't meet your heroes, they say. Yeah. A couple of those, but uh, for the most part, everyone was really nice. Um, yeah, man, it was it was an experience for sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Regulars Anonymous. If you want to find out more about our guests, please check the bio below for all their links and information. Thank you for supporting by subscribing and following the show. I might see you out there and have no idea who you are.